Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Undressed by Stitch. If you're new here and you don't know who we are,、um, Undressed is the podcast by Stitch Magazine, and Stitch Magazine is Northwestern University's premier fashion publication. Make sure you check us out on our Instagram at Stitch Fashion, as well as our website at stitchfashion.com. We recently released a new issue. The Reverie issue, issue number forty-four. So make sure you check that out、um, as well.、Um, hi, I'm Yola, and today I will be talking to me. Hi, guys. This is Linda. I'm also on the multimedia team with Yola. Yay!、Um, so it's December, which means it's time for the holidays. Which means this is our holiday episode. So we'll be talking about holiday fashion, and by holiday fashion, we're not. Talking about like the ugly Christmas sweater that your grandma knitted you when you were in the third grade. Shout out, <laughs> Nana. <laughs> But no, that's not what we're talking about today. So today we're going to be talking about ugly holiday fashion,、mm-hmm. and by ugly we mean how it impacts our environment, how it impacts us, consumerism, and everything. But you know, before we get on to like the big stuff, Linda. How have your holidays been going so far? They've been going good. I my finals ended last week.、Um, I still have friends who still have finals going on, which is like kind of crazy to me. Anyways, and the holiday, I I'm like Chinese. My family's Chinese, so we don't really go all out on holidays, anyways, especially. This unprecedented holiday season, but we have the Christmas tree set up. Yeah, I think for Christmas we're just gonna do a little nuclear family celebration. So. Yeah, nothing too big. Just like a peaceful holiday with the family, which I think is like the greatest thing I can ask for this Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's really sweet. I'm actually kind of excited for the holidays this year. I'm just gonna be spending it with one friend because, like, you know, COVID. Um, <laughs> so I'm just gonna be spending it with a friend of mine, and I'm kind of excited. But one thing that I do want to talk about is. How things were so different this year in 2020 because normally immediately after Thanksgiving you have all of the Black Friday ads, but this year as soon as November started, it was like the whole month of November was Black Friday. Right? Can you believe yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so on Black Friday, I like I FaceTime with some of my girlfriends and we did the thing. We were like, okay, we have to get all the deals. But then after Friday, after Black Friday, we were still getting all these like. Oh, like people, all these like ads from the websites, and they were like, "It's Cyber Monday," but then Cyber Monday lasted what seemed like for an eternity. And then I can also speak to you. We we went to the mall the other day to do some holiday shopping,、um, and then we went to、uh, Bath and Body Works, and they were having like buy three get three free, and it was like far far before、um, Black Friday. So I think all the shops are just panicking. They want to get like all their stock out for the holiday. Before the year ends, basically, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I've always wondered where Black Friday came from. Like, why this um rampant consumerism the day after Thanksgiving? And we actually found、yeah. out <laughs> about like a little bit about the history of Thanksgiving. So, Linda, do you want to tell us a bit about the history of Thanksgiving? Not Thanksgiving, the history of Black <laughs> yeah, Friday. I was like, are we gonna go all the way back? But no. <laughs> No, but yes.、Yeah, so this is from history. dot com, and I think I'll do a little little reading. So、um, history. dot com says the first recorded use of the term "quote Black Friday" was applied not to holiday shopping but to financial crisis,、um, specifically the crash of the U.S. gold market on September twenty fourth, eighteen ninety 
1869. But then the most commonly repeated story behind the post-Thanksgiving shopping-related Black Friday tradition links itself to retailers. As the story grows, after an entire year of operating at loss, stores would supposedly earn a profit on the day after Thanksgiving because holiday shoppers blew so much money on discounted merchandise. But also, like, with that as well, there's also the history of how the police got involved. Like, how in the 1950s, like, the police used the term Black Friday to describe, like, the chaos that would ensue immediately after the holiday, um, like, immediately after Thanksgiving, because there would be a game um, that weekend, the army, there would be an army naval, navy football game. So there'd be a lot of tourists and a lot of like people from the suburbs flooding the streets of Philadelphia. And then some shoplifters would take advantage of the chaos and like go into stores and like move off with the merchandise. So retailers found a way to like change this negative connotation that was Black Friday to make it something a bit more positive where people just spend money. Um, And since then, Black Black Friday has become a four-day event where we have Black Friday, Small Business Saturday slash Sunday, as well as Cyber Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, But this year, because of the pandemic, Black Friday was the whole month of November. which is just yeah, like basically whoa but also I, I just thought it was very interesting how like the retailers were still pushing the whole idea of like black friday get your deals get your deals considering the fact that um people don't have that much money this year because of the pandemic and how there was just basically we were basically in a recession but this whole idea of oh well it's part of like you know the tradition of like the holidays we still need to maintain it even though we know that it's detrimental to our pockets <laughs> i thought was very mm-hmm. interesting so yeah but like yeah definitely so how does fashion fit into all of this since we are a fashion publication right well i think fashion fits in because whenever we have like a celebration and i think it has become a universal thing like whenever it's somebody's birthday or it's like christmas or whatever our first instinct almost for everybody is like oh we we can buy them some clothes because you know you have to put on clothes every day and it's just such like a duh kind of gift so i think whenever like the holidays were around people do splurge a lot on like fashion items um like the whole range of fashion items to get their get the perfect gifts for like their friends and family yeah but also just like with black friday just encouraging like rampant consumerism the whole fashion industry has also like adopted a new business model that encourages rampant consumerism that makes this time of year especially the most wasteful time of year um just like talking about fast fashion so explanatory comma for those of you who don't know what fast fashion is fast fashion is essentially like a business model that replicates like high-end fashion and designer trends and produces them like like mass produces them at a very like low cost so essentially you get the difference between high end and high street. Um, so high end clothing would be like your designer clothing. So like your Gucci or whatever. And then your high street fashion would be your H&M, your Topshop and things like that. So the difference between like fast fashion and like high end fashion or like high street fashion and high end fashion is that the styles are very similar because high street fashion or fast fashion copies high end fashion but the quality is very low um and that impacts 
a lot of things. Like for example, if the quality is like really, really low, um, you are encouraged to buy more because it's cheaper. So that comes in from the um, consumers in part, the over consumers in part. So you're encouraged to buy more. And also because it's lower quality, it means that you'll be forced to replace those pieces sooner. Um, so you keep buying more, you keep going back. And that sort of like feeds into the whole cycle that is fast fashion. Yeah. And I think another thing to capitalize on is how fast fashion really abuses like minorities and really hurts the environment because they often outsource their labor from countries um, like India and it leads to huge environmental impacts. Um, I think one of the recent scandals that rocked the fast fashion world was that I think a factory collapsed in Bangladesh and a lot of workers were hurt. And obviously, I think the factory was related to like fast fashion production. So it's like a prime example of how um, it looks glamorous on the outside. But once you dig in, it's just kind of like a very insidious process. Yeah. And itself. I think that's also just like so ironic how fashion, we see fashion is like this very beautiful thing that we use to like express ourselves. But like just to underscore the beautiful part, but it's so disgusting in terms of like how it is for the environment, because like just pulling out some statistics here, um, greenhouse gas emissions just from textiles alone is literally greater than that of maritime shipping and international air travel combined <laughs> so like your pair of jeans linda <laughs> like, um just used up so much water like yeah but then so it's like really bad for the environment because again if it's like low quality it means you're going to use it less and people tend to like throw their clothes away which is like don't ever throw your clothes away that's like terrible like people will throw their clothes away and also our clothes are mostly made up of like synthetic fabrics as well which means we use up fossil fuels to make our clothes and we use like a lot of like um water as well and it also hits workers mm -hmm. because like the fashion industry is one of the, like the industries that's very labor intensive like it needs a lot of like manual labor and in order for you to have a t-shirt for $2 from H&M or like from Forever 21, you have to like outsource your labor to other places and they are very questionable working conditions and people get paid very, very little. So in terms of like ethics, it really just like gets very fuzzy as in like, is it really worth having a mountain of clothing on Black Friday at like the expense of the environment and people? And also your pocket, if you think about it, because we are still in a pandemic. Yeah, definitely. And I think another side that is really bad to fast fashion is how often it plagiarizes. Mm -hmm. Not only like like high-end uh, fashion, um, like this season of Zara, um, they incorporated a lot of I think it's their holiday collection well recent collection they incorporated a lot of like motifs like black and white like the very preppy schoolgirl yeah. look and like a lot of motifs of bows and stuff and that's very reminiscent of Mew Mew and then mm. I see a lot of um, like fashion bloggers were calling this like the cheap the affordable Mew Mew and I'm not saying that Mew Mew is like oh my god like how dare they plagiarize Mew Mew but like if they'll do it to Mew Mew then who says that they'll look like They'll look at an artist who is maybe not that famous and stuff and then just like stamp their artwork onto like a piece like a piece of clothing yeah. which i'm pretty sure they've done before but yeah it's just also it kind of destroys like creativity and really questions the ethics behind like an artist's integrity um when it comes to fashion which i know is like a very touchy subject in the fashion world 
Yeah. But also another thing that just like has come out out of fast fashion is the whole idea of greenwashing. Like because our generation, especially like Gen Z, we're very much in tune with what's happening in the world and we tend to care a lot about the environment and climate. So um, brands, especially like H&M, I don't want to feel like I'm just hating on H&M. There are a lot of fast fashion brands. There's Zara, Topshop, Urban Outfitters, all of those are fast fashion. But like H&M specifically has this whole um, H&M conscious line where they say that most of their clothes are recycled but then if you like really look at the ethos and everything it's like no babe <laughs> like no no like <laughs> that's not no like you know it's like terrible so it's like they're also using the idea of like caring for the environment as like a gimmick like a marketing gimmick to get more people to buy their clothing and this just further like contributes to the whole idea of like consumerism um and so with consumerism let's talk about influences <laughs> how do influences fit in right. <laughs> yeah well i mean i'm not gonna drag my girl out here but like i see like recently uh, a lot of people have been giving best dress who is like one of the most famous um fashion youtubers um ashley like hell basically because of, oh yeah. of the like the problematic things that she has the, the like quote-unquote like problematic things that she's done we're not gonna judge her here because you know she's like literally is like a little bit older than us she still has a long way to go but it kind of goes into cell that um ashley's a very well she she's a very like um environmental conscious fashion youtuber and you know she talks a lot about like the ethics behind thrifting and she does a lot of thrift flip videos which was met which was like um what caused the controversy when she did a collab with amazon and like amazon's probably one of the least ethical companies out there in terms of like fashion fat well like everything but yeah. like fashion um yeah, so I think it's just kind of the di- dichotomy between how like a bunch of influencers we see on our screens are trying to promote ethical fashion, but at the same time, if they try to be ethical and stuff like that, it's kind of contradictory. Then because then they have to, you know, not buy like Urban Outfitters and these kind of like really cheap brands, which the majority of their um, viewers can probably afford, as opposed to some of the more ethical but more like justifiably expensive brands so i think there's like an interesting contradiction that fashion influencers have to deal with if they choose even to deal with it because i know sometimes they just ignore kind of the part of that yeah yeah i recently like saw like a lot of those videos were just like popping up on my like recommended because like i watch best dress and Mm -hmm. it's like oh best dress is problematic because of this and this and this and then i was just like thinking about it like Okay, just on the consumerism part of it, like a lot of influences, like the whole idea of even influences is like having a friend who recommends products to you. <laughs> um, it's just like personalized advertising. And so you're more likely to buy something if like an influencer told you that it's good than if you were to watch an ad. Cause like as time goes on, people are like less trustful of ads and like most trustful of like real people and influencers seem like our friends, you know, like we know what their morning routine is like. So, you know, we must be friends. <laughs> but then with the whole um, <laughs> sustainability aspect of it, I do also think that there's a lot of pressure especially on creators like Ashley and she did talk about it a bit about how being like is it better to be perfectly sustainable and not have an audience because no one can afford the things that you are marketing in a way or not be sustainable Mm -hmm. at all and 
or like thrift, for example, and still, yeah. But then we're going on a tangent. So <laughs> just like how like how influences <laughs> like um, really encourage consumerism. Like, cause like sometimes I'm watching a video and I, I'm like, oh, that's a really cute outfit. I would like those shoes. And then I see myself scrolling through a catalog for those specific shoes just after I I'm like, wow <laughs> like I'm a sheep you know like I really am a sheep and I'm like I don't need these but then how do we like like consumerism is not going to go anywhere especially when it comes to fashion as long as we have people in our ear telling us that we need to get this mm-hmm. we just need to really exercise our willpower yeah like are we just all like sheeps of the TikTok algorithm no but yeah because um, I think that with the rise of TikTok and also how you can just literally buy things off Instagram now like that there must be a connection there but I think with the rise of like recently like several aesthetics have taken off like the like the cottagecore aesthetic plug read our last issue (laughs) yeah dark academia yeah yeah yeah. Uh, the reverie issue is very cottagecore um but also yeah with like dark academia and then you know these aesthetics they they are like very pretty and stuff but with the rise of these new aesthetics and you know these influencers are jumping on it and there's like lookbooks and then you get pushed all these content and then you're thinking to yourself man i need to like basically go out and buy all these things so i can like fit the aesthetic and as much as i love cottagecore and as much as i love architect academia and i do see aspects of like thrifting fitting into these like aesthetics like how much like how like how much more do you need to buy and then once you have these pieces of clothing that maybe aren't really your style, but you're just kind of buying them to fit the mainstream aesthetic right now, like how long are these pieces gonna like last you before you decide to like pass it out or just like throw them out or whatever. So I think that's my concern with influencer culture also, or just like the rise of like aesthetics, aesthetics. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like I'm definitely a person who likes to experiment with like her style. But I also just don't have the budget to experiment with like constantly like fitting into new trends. So like a little rule of thumb that I have is if it's something that's going to last me a really long time, for example, like, I don't know, like a good pair of jeans, like a good pair of jeans can last you like a couple of years, then I would spend a good amount of money on them um, just so I know that the quality is there. But if it's something that I know it's probably like a trend, like the sweater vests, I don't know. Your dad probably has a sweater vest. You can find a sweater vest in the thrift store. You can find one on Depop. You don't have to like, you know, just buy one from like Zara or whatever. But like, I don't know. That's like the rule of thumb for me. Like also like things that I, that you can tell that like have been in stuff for such a long time and um, you can really invest in good quality pieces, like a good coat. Like don't buy your neon puffer coat. Like I'm saying it as a PSA, like don't do that. Like. <laughs> or if you have one you should really be like judging yourself right now because I feel like everyone could have told you that that's like a feeding trend it was like so 2019 is your neon puffer coat in style now no but if you had bought like a black puffer coat or like a white puffer coat because puffer coats are always in style then you always have one you know you know what I mean so it's just like investing in good quality pieces but then also the idea of like being able to invest in good quality pieces is also very elitist in itself and like the whole idea of ethical fashion can be very elitist yeah you have all your influences who are like oh so i bought this from reformation and 
I don't know. I'm, we're college students, and this one time I remember because like Reformation is beautiful but racist. Beautiful clothing, <laughs> um, very beautiful clothing. But then they have like I remember once they had like this crop top, like really nice top, and I'm like I can't believe this top is one hundred and fifty dollars. This is one hundred and fifty dollars. This is barely a top. This is half a top. How is it for one hundred and fifty dollars? So yeah, like. The Julia dress, the Julia dress, the Julia dress from Reformation, um, has literally been on my dashboard for like, like eons. But then I'm like, uh, it's like so expensive for what? For what? It's like it's just like a strappy dress. Like I guess it's because it's like ethical or whatever. But it's just like sometimes you look at these prices and you're like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, no, but it makes dang, sense. it's expensive to be ethical. It is really expensive <gasps> to be ethical. Like it's like the craziest thing I've heard this year. It's so expensive to be a good person. <laughs> yeah, you're like, dang, giving people fair wages. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not used to this. Yeah, or, it's yeah. like, for example, like, and then I always try to remind myself, it's like, okay, I'm buying it, but I, I don't own anything from Reformation because I can't afford Reformation. But like, I'm trying to like get out of that mindset that anything, like something is too expensive. It is a fair price considering the materials that we used and the fact that people were paid. It's just not affordable for me. And that's fine. Um, so I don't buy Reformation. Well, other than the fact that it's very racist. But like, you know, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like an example. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So what? So where do we shop then? If we if we're saying fast fashion is terrible and we don't can't do ethical brands because ethical brands are too expensive. So where do we shop, Linda? What do we do? <laughs> How do we keep up with the fashion well, world? I, <laughs> well, I think a good uh, scenario is to like go thrifting, right? Because um, thrifting is you can still find the pieces that you love, like from brands that are affordable, and it's often like quite affordable, unless I guess you live in New York or something. Um, and then you can. F- not just like physical thrifting but you know with the rise of like resale apps there's like depop and then there's like thread up and then you can find you can literally filter for the fast fashion brands that you love or like you usually buy from but you know that you're not contributing to their company and their like shady practices because you're purchasing it from someone who has given the clothes love but is now ready to pass it on to somebody else so it's like a win-win situation but, um, but also, just, you know, devil's advocate, <laughs> um, thrifting has also just recently been seen as such a, like, a valley girl activity or, like, a basic girl activity. Um, I should probably start calling people basic, but it's been really seen as, like, a white girl activity <laughs> where you have a bunch of these girls and find they find, like, ooh, it's baggy, um, let's crop it and, like, sell it for $35 on Depop. And we <laughs> see the gentrifi- like quote unquote the gentrification of thrifting, and then the people who would probably be thrifting not because of like environmental reasons or like ethical reasons, but because that's the clothes that they can afford can no longer afford such clothes anymore. Like for example, if you look at consignment stores like Cross Crossroads, is that the thing? Crossroad Traders. There's one in in Evanston, but um yeah, Crossroads. Yeah, that's like a consignment store, and so that's not necessarily like a thrift store, but everything is secondhand. So some people would shop there, but then if you have like everyone flooding to thrift stores, which is great, as in like for the environment, but also because there's like a greater demand for the clothes. Then do you think that like the owners would be inclined to like raise the prices, and then the people who used to thrift no longer? 
Well, yeah, I, I like surfing has become like an aesthetic of its own. Um, I think it's like really popularized by, you know, influencers and stuff. Um, yeah, I definitely see the worries with like raising prices because there are already like pretty expensive thrift stores out there. Like the, I've seen examples of the very like high end thrift stores, which like is kind of like a paradox within itself. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely that worry there because, and I would hate to know how it feels when you, you like when like you as a person needed to thrift basically for survival and then now like you see like on youtube people are like oh come thrift with me and it's like very aesthetic and um and like as you mentioned people like thrifting purposely for like oversized clothing when it's already hard for like curvy people to find clothing already um it's like problematic but, and just like depop yeah. also not having all the sizes and especially like all these ethical brands like reformation and everlane and madewell don't necessarily have are not very size inclusive so it's like for people who are quite bigger they don't really have so they don't really have the option of like going to like ethical brands um so you have to like either thrift or fast fashion and then it's like it's like i don't know it's like it's a balancing thing. Again, it's so hard to be ethical. Why is it so expensive <laughs> to be ethical? And why is it so difficult to be ethical? But like the point of this episode is not really to shame anyone into like, yay, you yeah. need to do that. But it's more so like just giving you options and like telling you guys that this is a terrible time of year in terms for like for the environment because it's like waste, 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 waste. But also that no like way of shopping is entirely perfect like no one can be perfect and i do see like that whole pressure um it's like oh if you're doing something then you have to do it right because people will judge you i mean people are going to judge you anyways like whatever you do people are going to judge you so might as well do whatever they want whatever you want <laughs> as long as you're trying to like be um mindful of how your practices get to influence other people yeah i mean I think for I think like you know like education is the first step to everything right so like even if you're at a point right now where you're like oh there's no like thrift stores near me uh, it it is taking a lot out of my budget to purchase from these like very ethical but like unaffordable clothing brands I think just like reading up and understanding um where your clothing comes from and then kind of you know making the best out of the situations I've seen people like who flip their old clothing um for like like take pieces from like their mom's closet or like trade clothes with your friends like those don't cost like that doesn't cost money um so yeah i think like fashion is a very like touchy subject because like everybody has um everybody wants to and like have the right to look like the version that they want to present themselves but like somehow we already talked about how like that could have like a very dark side to it as well but, but um, also there are a couple of apps that yeah. could like help with like education. There's this app called Good On You that basically rates all different types mm -hmm. of brands and gives them a rating, I think out of five or it's lettered. I'm not quite sure, but it gives different brands ratings as to like how they can do better or whether or not they're like good for the environment or for the people, for the climate. And there's also the website that I use quite often. It's called ethicalconsumer.com. They have like a whole mm -hmm. ass page where, I don't know, like you pick electronics computers they even give they give almost every single thing a rating and like how it affects people the climate politics and everything so you always 
kind of know where things are coming from and of course we all like can't be perfect but some brands are actually making strides and like trying to be more ethical and more mindful like for example Levi's adopted a sizing algorithm um, which if you are if you're a person who wears women's clothing you know that for example a size four at one store is a different you it's like a lot smaller or like larger than a size four from a different store like i don't understand why it all can't just be uniform like the sizes you you may be seven different sizes <laughs> depending on where you shop it's yeah it's like no no, no i was gonna say like it's just like how the U.S. sticks to Fahrenheit when everybody else is like Celsius, and then you have to like convert, and everybody's just like, "Why can't we? Why can't we just agree?" But yeah, but like not, the struggle. But like, it's not even that. It's just like, for example, you may buy it. Like, let's say you're buying it all from like U.S.-based stores. Like, for example, right. a t-shirt. No, not even t-shirt. Let's just use tr- trousers. Like trousers at Urban Outfitters. A certain, let's say you're a certain size, and you wear tri- trousers from Urban Outfitters. Um, and let's say you're a size two, you wear trousers from Urban Outfitters. But if you go to, I don't know, H&M, the same size two, it's also size two, but it's slightly bigger or slightly smaller. There's never like consistent sizing, even though they have the same label. It's like everything is size two, but everything is like either slightly smaller or bigger. So there's like a lot of inconsistencies there. So what Levi's did was they created this new sizing algorithm where I don't know exactly how it works, but I think it's a great idea. And so... For example, if you have like the newest like Levi jeans, like the ribcage jeans, and everyone's always raving about them, I love them. Fit like a glove, chef's kiss, amazing. The reason why they fit so well is because they they use that algorithm and they made sure that sizing was like absolutely to the T perfect, so that they will limit the amount of times people return clothing. Because when clothing is returned most often it's not re- it's not really like resold they just throw it away so if you limit the amount of like the amount of returns that she get it means you limit the amount of clothing that she throw away which means it's better for the environment so we can start small have better sizing inclusive sizing it's just like you know these things really do sound like common sense but i don't know why why people haven't hired us yet linda well yeah so Besides Levi's, I was just doing a bit of research, so I will plug a brand that I found. Um, and they're called Nicole Zizi. Um, and then on their website, it says like they're a brand focused on eco-conscious sustainability, innovation, and gender-free premium streetwear and accessories. And they're very my style. I like the very minimal like street style looking uh, type of clothing and. I think they're also like uh, they're a, like a black owned business, so which is good. We like supporting that, and yeah, and it's just like you know, if I could like literally just take a five minute Google search and like a bunch of wonderful brands that come up, and it's just like small businesses, ethical businesses. It doesn't hurt to not like we're like not like pushing you to buy from them but it doesn't hurt to like for you to tell them to your friends or like share them on social media give them a shout out you know they any any support is good support for these um small businesses who are trying to do the right thing with fashion um yeah so 
Yes, that is our episode, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. And make sure you engage with this episode by following the podcast on Spotify. It really helps to know who's listening and whether or not you guys like our content. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Make sure you're reading all the um, issues that we have out and all of our articles because um, the writing team works really hard. Well, all the teams work really hard. And yeah, happy holidays. Stay safe. Try not to buy too much. Remember, we're still in the pandemic and it's still a recession. Um, so stay safe. Um, stay six feet apart and we will see you <laughs> in the new year. <laughs> Bye.